Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your spring training home for Cubs news, notes, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleep Cubby Blue, and you can find us on Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleep Cubby Blue. You can also find us on Twitter at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am in full mode spring training rat. Like, I have watched <laughs> almost every inning of spring training, and I am kind of embarrassed by this. No, I'm not embarrassed by it at all. I have also watched <laughs> almost every inning of spring training, with the exception of the innings where my boss has scheduled meetings during those innings. And, like, look, my boss is great. Like, love, love the day job. It's fun. But I'm like, can we just not schedule anything between one o'clock and five o'clock? <laughs> basically, <laughs> the next six months. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Until further notice. <laughs> I don't Jeez, think any, but I think I would be in so much trouble if I put those holds on my calendar. I'm just like, I'm just, I will work. I'm just working while listening to and or watching baseball. <laughs> I have um, very strategically decided that my lunch hour over the last few days is from 1.45 until 2.45. So I get a big like dose of it right off the bat because I definitely, you want to see the first couple of innings because that's when you know if the lineup is good, that's when it's going to be good. And then, you know, gradually people will get traded out of the lineup. So I always like, I, I feel like I've had my hundred percent attention on the first couple innings just so I can see what everybody's doing. And then I'll keep it on while I'm at my desk. Like when I'm done with lunch, I'll go back to my desk and I'll keep the game on, but I'm more just listening to it, not really watching. So, um, but that works out well for me. If, if on days when I flex and I go in early and I can get off early, then I'm home in front of the TV watching the game at two o'clock, which is really nice, but it's not going to be like that forever. We're just kind of in a slow period at work right now, so I can do it, but it, it yeah, it definitely won't be like that forever. I wish it would be really nice. <laughs> oh, totally same. Like I, so <laughs> I, I run an event every year at the start of April and so far I've been lucky and it is not conflicted with opening day or anything like that. So I've been able to do all those festivities. Um, but the first year I ran that event, I was like setting up lunch for the event and doing this whole thing. And so I missed a Cubs Reds game and Wilson Contreras hit a grand slam while I was setting up lunch. And I was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> Wilson Contreras is being outstanding and I'm not able to see it. Oh my um, goodness. So let's just start off with the way that we're watching, because I think that the biggest story in Cubs land right now is definitely marquee network and some people have seen it. Some people have not. Some people are freaking out that they're not going to be able to see it. I am lucky enough that I live in a building that has RCN. And so I've been able to watch most of our of marquee network on RCN with the exception of the first hour where we were all blacked out and on Twitter, like, what's going on, RCN? <laughs> So I have to confess because, um, you know, I, I've been kind of up and down with a marquee network, just a, a personal issue where I, you know, I don't live in the market, so it's not a national offering, so I'm not going to get it. So I'm like, okay, this kind of sucks, but I actually, I'm going to go ahead and retract all that because the only way that I've watched these games with the exception of the game against the Dodgers has been on marquee network through MLB TV. So I have to say you know, 
every new thing when it comes out is going to have its little kinks and little blips that it has to work out and work through. Yeah. And, And people need to understand that and take that into consideration. For the most part, I have been thoroughly impressed with everything. It's so great to hear Len and JD. Um, we've gotten to see Taylor McGregor quite a bit. Um, she's definitely, you can tell, is, is warming up quite a bit to the players and to Len and JD and her, you know, in-game interviews with fans and stuff. It's just really fun. And I'm actually really excited about this season because if I still get to watch Marquee Network, but through MLB TV, I'm actually really excited about the direction it's heading in. And I think once they get things worked out with Comcast and the the fans in the market can actually receive the product that they need to be receiving. I think it's going to all around be a great thing. And um, I was kind of talking about this, this, this morning, I, I went on Sean and Maya in the morning and I think that once it's all out there and, and they sign the deal with Comcast and everybody in the Chicago area that wants access to it has access to it. I think that it, this will just be, you know, a, a, a distant memory once they start receiving the product, because I think they will, everybody will be very happy with what they get with the exception of the lack of female talent, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'm sure later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I, I agree. I think the network is fantastic. I like the lineup. It's a little limited right now. So I think I've seen the like top 10 games countdown on the program guide a couple of times. I've only actually watched it once, but um, I see it as I'm scrolling through. I I know that will improve with time in terms of the non-game programming, but the game programming is great. I wrote about this for Bleed Cubby Blue uh, earlier this week, and I like the graphics. They're super clean. They're easy to read. They're not placed in areas that are obtrusive or like mess with the line of sight of the game or anything like that. I the first broadcast, the very first broadcast, I felt like they did too much camera work where they were showing the interview rather than the players. And I get it. It was the later innings and it's a bunch of guys from double A and triple A who we don't necessarily know all that well. But still, baseball is more interesting to me than watching Lennon JD talk to Mark Grace. <laughs> like I can listen to Lennon JD talk to Mark Grace while watching baseball. <laughs> I don't need the camera on the interview itself. That actually seems to have changed a little bit. I haven't noticed that as much. I do think there's a lot of, I mean, there's just a lot of interviews and additional voices in the game. And I'm curious, Andy, what do you think about it when they're going from, you know, somebody's mic'd up and then they're talking to David Ross and then they've got a Cubs legend in the booth. It it feels like a lot more interviews than what we've been used to. Oh, a hundred percent. And I will say, I, I also talked about this a little bit this morning too, because that is one thing that, I mean, we all kind of chuckle at how serious some of us take spring training because obviously it's spring training. It doesn't really mean anything. It's kind of, um, you know, a wash when it comes down to it. But at the same time, people like Sarah and I like to watch it to like, kind of see the direction that, you know, management in this case, especially because it's a first year group go in, you know, the players that are out there, what they're able to to put out there. I mean, it just, there's a lot of different reasons, but yes, in the end, spring training does not really matter. So I always found it silly that I got so, so hyped up for spring training, but I will tell you one of the things that I am so excited about this season. And if you have not gotten an opportunity to really pay attention to this, I encourage you to do this. The on-field 
voices and talk that you can hear in spring training is amazing. Like you can hear player conversations. If you really listen, you can hear David Ross talking to his coaches in the dugout. You can hear um, guys in the dugout yelling at their teammate batting. You know, it's just like you just, for me anyways, when I am at home and I'm able to turn the volume up and listen to all of that, I feel like I'm at the game. I feel like I'm right there with them. Like it's crazy. And you don't get that in, in regular season games. You can't hear all of that. Um, and it's obviously because the park is smaller and the mics are, you know, placed right. so close to the audience and so close to the dugouts and everything else. But I, for one, love that. I think that is so cool. That is not something you're going to get in the regular season. And it gives you an idea. It gives you kind of an inside look at what it feels like to, to be down there, to be with these guys and hear what they talk about and hear what is said. Now, as far as the interviews are concerned, I feel like that was a bit of an overkill the first couple games. There was a lot happening. A lot. And yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. I will say that. I personally could just stand to listen to Len and JD, watch baseball, and hear the voices of the game. I could just do that. Taylor McGregor is awesome. She's been amazing every time they've gone to her. Agree. Um, she, you can just tell that she's like she's getting more comfortable every single time she's on air, and I appreciate that because I can only imagine how you know it's her spring training too. You know what I mean? Like right. she's she's now getting brought into this into this team, into this atmosphere. And, you know, God love the, the Colorado Rockies and that's where she came from. And maybe I'll let Sarah do a teaser here in a minute, but I think that the Chicago Cubs organization is like no other in all of baseball. So she's also like learning this stuff on the spot and kind of being thrown in and, and expected to, to do well under the, these circumstances where she's not used to, she knows quite a bit about, the Colorado team, which, you know, if you watched, we saw that when the Cubs played Colorado a couple days ago. But, I mean, those things like that, it's really cool to see, but I don't need so much of that. You know what I mean? And I wonder if they're doing that on purpose to to break her in, to break in the, the crew, because it is it is a lot of different people behind the scenes. It's a new network, you know? So I'm wondering if they're doing that intentionally by design to kind of get these guys acclimated and and used to what will be happening in the regular season. I could be wrong. I could be totally off there, but um, I just, I you know, like they say, even with umpires, it's everybody's spring training. So everybody is, you know, kind of getting back into the swing of things, but I definitely could do with less of, of the on-field interviews and the all of the, the conversations and stuff. It's always interesting to hear them talk, but maybe not quite as much. Right. Like I love that they're there. I just want them to be maybe half as much as they currently are. Um, back to Taylor McGregor, who I agree is a huge addition to these broadcasts and, and look people don't get me wrong. Like I also liked Kelly Kroll. I think she's great. I wish her nothing but the best with the Atlanta Braves, but people move on, things change. And I think Taylor has been an outstanding addition to this broadcast team. She's clearly somebody who grew up around baseball, loving the game. Andy and I are actually really excited. Um, We're hoping that we're going to get a chance to talk to her in the near future. So we will definitely let you know um, when she's going to be joining us on the podcast. But we were really excited to reach out and hear that she would be interested in coming to get to know Cubs fans a little bit better and to talk to us about Um, her background and everything like that. So we're really thrilled about that. And I just, I just have to say, I think it must be a tremendous amount of pressure 
to be like the one female face of Cubs Nation. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Like, I just can't. That is a ton. That is a ton. It's a ton and, of pressure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My goodness. I mean, I, I, both of us are kind of stumbling over our words here a little bit <laughs> thinking about it. But like, I, so Andy alluded to this at the beginning. It got brought up at Cubs convention when the talent was being introduced that it's, it's so many guys. And look, I get it. These are former players and it's, the boots are dominated by men. The front dominated by men the analyst positions and scouting positions are dominated by men totally true but there are lots of women who love this game and who have experience and expertise at it and so I just think that it must be a tremendous amount of pressure and an awesome responsibility and I mean that in the literal sense of the word awesome to be the female face of the broadcast right and it's a brand new network a brand new broadcast so I think she's doing a great job in a big environment and it's been fun to see a hundred percent. And, and she, like I said, I just, I have full confidence and I know um, our friends over um, our friends slash fans of Colorado Rockies agree that she, she, you know, if you look at any of her timeline from Twitter, when she left the Colorado Rockies organization, they were basically crushed that she was coming here um, so, you, you know, we got somebody that she she is going to be a huge asset to, to Marquee and to Cubs fans. And I'm really excited to see uh, how things work out for her this season and, and, and where she goes with this. And I know, you know, right now it's spring training. So it's it's hard to really know, you know, if they will add more females. I mean, I guess we can keep bringing it up. I think it's probably a good idea to not let it. <laughs> to not let it go by the wayside that we want more females on this network. And, um, you know, I'm excited to actually talk to her and, and ask her, you know, how she feels about that, because that is definitely something that a lot of folks want to know. And Sarah and I being the baseball fans that we are, the Cubs fans that we are, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, I don't want to say we can see ourselves doing, but know people that could do that. And, you know, that would be a dream job. I mean, obviously I would love to do that. I don't know that I ever could do it. I mean, it's not just something you say, Hey, hey, I'm going to go be on TV and talk about the Chicago Cubs. Not easy. Like, you know, it's difficult. That's a hard job. And a lot of the stuff she does, and like another question we can ask her, you know, a lot of the stuff she does is unscripted. It's totally off the cuff. And she's got, she has to be able to, you know, handle stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've seen plenty of females in Chicago sports be able to handle stuff like that. I don't want to say plenty, but I've seen enough that there should be more than one on Marquee Network. Well, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that because I remember the first time that I ever had an idea for like, it would be kind of cool if there was, if I had a podcast or whatever. Um, I was listening to one of my favorite baseball podcasts, which is um, three, well, it's actually four different dudes, but there's usually only three of them. And for whatever reason, the mic was off that day. And so one of the guy's voices sounded really high. And as I was listening to it, it sounded like there was a woman on the podcast for the first time. And I just like my heart exploded. I was so excited that I was listening to this podcast and there was a woman on it for the first time. And I'd never heard a woman on this particular podcast before. And then I realized there wasn't a woman on. It was just like the mic being weird. Um, And that was kind of disappointing, but it, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, why aren't there more podcasts where I can listen to women talk about sports? Like women love sports. Women like baseball, women like football. We can talk about sports. So 
Um, I think she's doing a great job. I I am looking forward to Marquis hiring some more women some and getting some more diverse voices on their network. And I, I think that that's something the Cubs believe in. So, you know, they are working their way slowly towards that, and it should be great. Anything else you want to say about Marquis before we move on, Andy? No, I'm just, I'm like you. I'm just going to put my faith in the fact that they know it something that needs to be addressed and 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 hope for the best and that they are the organization we think they are and they will do something about it so hopefully we'll see i mean it's really early so i mean fingers crossed that something happens but it would be great to see 100 percent uh the other person who is new or at least in a new role this year is the cubs manager david ross he missed the first few games with the flu which i thought was so sad i'm like i can't imagine getting this dream job and the first time that you would get to take the bench you're like and influenza <laughs> Ouch. um and he actually <laughs> talked about that when they were interviewing him was it today or yesterday the days are kind of blurring together for me yesterday yeah yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. They t- he talked about that a little bit how disappointed it was he was to not be able to join the team for those first few games, but it was the right decision. You don't want to, you don't want the entire clubhouse sick uh, in the middle of spring training. What do you think of David Ross so far as the Cubs manager? I know we don't have, we don't have a lot to go on here. It's like four or five games. I mean, it's so tough right now because you want, you want to like, this is the part of it of the spring that makes me so anxious because you're like, okay, we've got a little bit of a taste. Now I want baseball. Like I want the real thing. I want to know what he's going to do you know, in, in, in game situations, I want to know how he's going to manage this team, how he's going to handle any kind of, um, you know, uh, any kind of usage of the bullpen or what his rotation is going to be. I want to know everything. So it's so hard to like, have just a little bit of him to where you're like, eh, I mean, so far so good. Um, <laughs> you definitely, I would, I'm thoroughly impressed and I love what I was hearing. Like when I was talking about all the voices of the game, when you're able to hear the on-field mics, and pick up a lot of the voices in the dugout and stuff. I would say 90% of what I was hearing was David Ross. And he was constantly talking to other coaches, to other players, talking about details of the game, you know, trying to, to spread the information. You know, a lot of these guys are double triple a guys who, you know, are trying to earn a shot at having some big league innings offered to them. And so, you know, he was, you can definitely hear him helping and spreading knowledge and, you know, kind of joking around with some of the guys and keeping it loose. And I honestly, I love that. That is, that's great. Um, But as far as like, you know, we're not going to see a ton of in-game strategy. We're not going to see, you know, what the short game looks like. We're not going to see, you know, any kind of aggressiveness on the base pass. We're not going to see any of that stuff. So I, I am anxious to get to that place and know what kind of manager he's going to be. Um, what I've gotten so far, like I said, the field bikes, I love it. It's it's great. I love all the talking. Um, you know exactly who it's coming from um, by some of the things he's saying. I mean, he definitely has a presence. I really appreciate that. And I think, you know, going forward, maybe as we get deeper into spring training, maybe we'll see the seriousness kick up a little bit. Maybe we'll see a little bit more strategery, some more, you know, talking <laughs> game plan, that sort of thing. I don't know, but I, so far, I, I so good. You know, I mean, I, you, like I said, we really don't have a ton to go off of, but what I've heard thus far, I, I'm I'm happy with. I'm, I'm glad he's our manager. Oh, I'm totally glad he's our manager. And I was thinking about what you were just saying about, well, maybe he'll get more serious. Maybe he won't. Maybe we won't see that. Maybe he'll be serious when he needs to. And sometimes we won't see that. Those will be private moments between him and players. You know, one of the things he was talking about 
which really resonated with me as a former teacher and coach, um, not a sport. I used to coach debate people, so it's a little <laughs> bit different. But yes, I taught people how to argue for a living. It was great. Um, no, but one of the things that really resonated with me that Rossi said was about difficult conversations and how you have those and how you can't avoid them, but that's okay, that they're growing moments and they're moments for people to come to terms with different things and to figure out what opportunities are available to them so they can take advantage of them. And I just thought that was a really insightful way to approach one of the most difficult parts of giving feedback, right? Because whether you're a coach of a little league team, a high school team, whether you're a manager and you've never coached anything, you know that they're just those conversations that are really hard to have. And I like the way he was approaching that. I thought that was super smart. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and I think you're going to see a different approach from him on a lot of things that we were used to with Joe Madden. And I welcome that quite frankly, because I, you know, I I've said it before, I'll say it again. You can't get to where you've never been if you don't do something you've never done. So I think, and I think he knows that. And I think he came into this knowing that he had to approach things differently because the way that things had been approached consistently for the past three years was now completely on lost ears. I mean, nobody was listening. Nobody was, you know, getting anything out of it. It was, I, I want to feel like, want to say that they felt like he, his message wasn't getting through anymore. So I think that um, Ross is definitely in a place where he thinks he's got to switch it up a bit and, and give them a different approach and give them a different structure. And um, it'll, it'll be interesting to me. I, I'll be curious to see how things go. And, you know, I hate to say it, but as much attention as the Chicago Cubs get when they're good, bad, and otherwise, <laughs> this is something that the national media wants to talk about a lot is the relationship between David Ross and his players. And I saw another article pop up today from I don't I think it was Jason Stark was another one that wrote an article today about um the bio or the um part of the title was or the subtitle was don't forget I used to be your intern and if you remember <laughs> that Ross was a Brizzo intern so um I'm really curious to see how this kind of unfolds in in the national media because you know that'll be a little bit different than how it folds in front of the Chicago media obviously we watch a lot more closely than the national media does. They kind of pick and choose what they look at. So it'll it'll be it'll be curious to me to see how how that side of it unfolds. And I, I will be very interested to see how he handles all that. Absolutely. I think that's a good place for us to take a quick break for our sponsors. On the flip side, we have a lot more to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about how the Astros are being received at various spring training games all over the league. Um, and I also want to talk a little bit about some of the free agents who aren't signed and some of the free agents the Cubs signed who are already making a mark in spring training. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Andy, what do you want to start with? So I have to confess, I can say in all of my life, I have never actively sought out an Astros baseball game until this spring training. <laughs> And world I'm series. also going I to. Conf- I didn't think they were in the World Series. <laughs> no, I didn't even do it then. I will also <laughs> confess that I did it because I wanted to see somebody get plunked. <laughs> like, that is you awful. Didn't have to wait like, very why long. am I admitting to that? What? You didn't have to wait very long. 
No, I know. It's crazy. Well, today I, I flipped over because they were they were facing Max Scherzer, which um, was not going well for Max when I watched. But it was right oh. before I jumped on with you. So I only got to watch an inning and a half. So um, but yeah, they've been getting they've been getting hit <laughs> and a lot. And boon. There yes. was a woman. So uh, I follow a bunch a bunch of Mets Twitter accounts because the Mets Twitter community is just outstanding. There's just really good follows on Mets Twitter. Also on Rocky's Twitter. Rocky's Twitter and Mets Twitter are strong. Um, but anyway, so one of my friends that I follow who is a Mets Twitter person had a video of the just absolutely incessant booze that rained down on the Astros as they were batting. And there was this woman who was sitting right behind home plate, like perfectly in the camera shot. She was just emphatically both thumbs down, booing as loud as she could. And you just know that she picked that seat because she wanted that visual. (laughs) (laughs) I am the gift of booing the Astros. (laughs) (laughs) I love, that's kind of like the Marlins, man. I love that. Like that is so... I would totally do that. I would totally do that. I'm sorry, but it just, the the more that I think about it, the more it angers me. And the more I'm like, I, like I tweeted this a few days ago. I don't know if you caught this or not. Cause I was kind of on a Twitter rampage that day, but if you want to have a conversation with a fan of any team, but the Astros, you guys can agree on this common ground. Like if I want to have a debate with a Cardinals fan and I want to like bring it back to a neutral place, I will bring up the Houston Astros. And like, we will both agree that that is the, an awful situation that was not handled well by major league baseball. But um, yeah, I, I just think it, it, they're going to get this all season and they deserve it. I'm sorry, but they do. If you come in and you say you're sorry and you take your whippings and you're done and you're very apologetic and you're humbled and all of this stuff, okay, then maybe I don't, then I, you know, I'm not so excited to see you get plunked in spring training, but you guys were just disastrous with your apologies. You guys, there's no, there was no. I mean, they were just, they weren't sorry about anything. And it was almost like they were mad at us for being mad at them. And I, I just, I don't understand it. I just don't get it. Like plain and simple, you're cheaters. Whether or not you still win those games, it does not matter. You cheated that affected the outcome. You're a cheater, period. I mean, I don't understand what's hard about this. I really don't. I'm so frustrated by this. Yeah, I, I want to jump on something you said there. They were really an object les- lesson in how not to apologize. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Our whole organization has no idea how to apologize. And no matter how many consultants we bring in to teach us how to apologize, (laughs) we're just bad at it. We are actually allergic to apologies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I, cause you know, I, I worked with students and admittedly high school students, but like when they, when you learn how to be a teacher, you know, you learn a lot about child development and how children like learn about their surroundings and, I mean, I'm like, kids understand this better than these Astros players. Like, little, little people just know. It's so true. <laughs> like, you know, you're a mom. Like, It's so true. It is so true. Like, I, I just, I when you do something wrong, you apologize, period. You guys are caught. Like, you're caught in front of everybody. Everybody knows. I mean, there's nothing, you can't, you can't spin this anymore. You're caught, you're busted, you're a cheater. Would you just please apologize? Put your tail between your legs and apologize and, and just, you know, 
own up to this. This is something when you take the risk of doing something illegal and wrong, you also run the risk of getting caught. That's what happens. You have, you have to just face the facts. You have to face the music, do what you need to do. It just makes me so angry that they couldn't even do that. Like it, it's just it's so bad. So I lost a lot of respect for players that I actually at one point in, in time really liked. Oh, like Jose Altuve break in my heart. Like I have said yes. on this podcast so many times that my favorite non-cub is Jose Altuve. And and that's not true anymore. Like I just, and and look, I, I, I'm i sure he could do something to earn that love back someday, but I, I doubt he'll ever be my favorite non-cub again. Like I, he'll just be a player that I like who I think is talented. I mean, I got to say my favorite non-cub right now is Sean Doolittle and Sean Doolittle. If you do not follow that Twitter account, you have to, because he tells it straight with his reactions to this cheating scandal. And frankly, a lot of players are. I am surprised to see how candid players have been about their feelings of this whole thing. They're not shy on They're this. pissed. Those are, yeah, those they're are pissed. Men, those are men who have been trained, like, since they were in the minor leagues to be very careful about what they say to reporters and what they put on Twitter. And, like, they get classes in this stuff. And they are all just like, no, nah, I'm just going to let it rip. <laughs> I mean, and you know, they say, and, and we've heard many people talk about this since this whole scandal came out that, you know, being a baseball player in the major leagues, any, any professional athlete, basically it's a brotherhood. When you, um, you, you play on a team, it does not matter if you're a baseball player, it's a brotherhood. You know, you guys all kind of stick together. Um, but when it comes to something like this, I have heard so many players speak out against the Astros and like, I've even read that players on other teams that have friendships with with Houston Astros players are no longer friends with them, like have no longer communicated with them. It, it's crazy to me. And, and I understand it because it's just a distrust. It's, it's such a smack in the face. It's, it's just, it's really, it's a bad look. And then to, to handle it the way it was handled all around, it's just not good, not good for, for baseball. And, you know, I, I kind of, I say that tongue in cheek because I think it, actually might draw more fans this summer um just to kind of watch the treatment of the Astros that's interesting I I will be curious to see that I mean the Astros fans I know have been pretty humble they are not they are contrary to their team they're not particularly belligerent about this they feel bad they don't want to talk about it Um, right yeah. And I, I think that is going to be, that's probably the hardest thing. I, I'll say this right now. I, my second favorite team is the Red Sox. I lived in Boston for six years and I am not looking forward to the report coming out about whatever the Red Sox were engaged in. And I'm praying that it doesn't involve some of my all-time favorites, right? I am just hoping and praying it doesn't go that route. I was heartbroken last week when David Ortiz took the you shouldn't snitch on people line so I was just like poppy no 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 (laughs) it's not oh no we're we're not going to criticize players who blew the whistle on cheating (laughs) like I can't yeah that's yeah and that just broke my heart I mean you you don't know anybody that loves David Ortiz as much as I do and I that was not cool with me um and I know I've got a moment of reckoning coming on the Red Sox side and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, I definitely try to put myself in in their shoes as far as how would I be handling this if this were the Chicago Cubs. But you know, oh my God. I don't want to compare 
yeah, I don't want to compare the situations. I really don't. But when we were going through all the Addison Russell stuff, um, I think that we handled that pretty well. I'm I'm saying we as in like you and I. I think we handled that pretty well um, as Cubs fans, as well as female Cubs fans could have. Um, You know, in a situation, if I were a Houston Astros fan, I, I mean, I can't honestly say how I would react, but I would like to think that I would take the right path and that would be to be apologetic and not let them get away with anything and, and still hold them accountable. Like, yeah, you're my favorite team, but that doesn't mean that you're good people. That doesn't mean that you're not cheaters, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's gotta be a tough situation to be in because in one side you want to be happy because you won a world series and the other side, it's like, well, how can you, because you took illegal measures to get there. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely a tough situation. Back to back World Series. <laughs> back to yeah. back World Series. Yeah. <sighs> baseball. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. One speaking of ways baseball could do better, uh, I what do we think of the fact that there are still some free agents out there that's kind of surprising they aren't signed? And and I have to imagine this has to do with not wanting to sign a minor league deal, which look, don't get me wrong, if you're Yasiel Puig, you should not have to sign a minor league deal. <laughs> How does Puig not have a job? Uh, yeah, I'm surprised by this because for some reason I was thinking that he was on a team. But yeah, this is crazy to me. I mean, there's still there's still a good amount of free agents out there. Um, I wouldn't say would you call I wouldn't call any of them top tier though. I would no, not say I any of them are. And I wouldn't even say they're like second tier. Um, but I do think that it's interesting that there are some major league caliber players who are sitting out there, unsigned free agents, and it's, games are happening, people, like, they're, they're being played right now, like, a week of spring training is already done, and it's, I'm actually trying to pull up the most recent list right now, the list that I have, um, pulling up is, is about a week old, so a couple of these people have been signed so far, I'm sure, but, I mean, Puig is the one that really jumps out as, but how, (laughs) like, how is it that he doesn't have a job? Right. It's just, that seems crazy to me. Like somebody has got to have use for him somewhere, right? In the majors. Like somebody has has to have a roster spot. He's got to be, this is, this is the real question. He's got to be better than people on somebody's roster to where he would be useful. I wonder if the, I mean, it can't even, it, it shouldn't be the question of a price tag because at that point, if you're sitting at home, any money is better than no money, right? Or no. Right. I mean, well, I don't know what I, the- I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess there's a question, depending on your age and your experience level, and I'm, I'm looking at some of these names, and like I said, this list is a little bit old, but so like, um, Brian Dozier has obviously sent sign, but I think that just happened two days ago. Uh, Lucas Duda, I'm surprised, doesn't have a job. Um we already talked about Puig quite a bit. I, I, it's just, I guess you start to wonder, are you are you devaluing yourself in the future if you take a minor league job now and you maybe don't get a shot, right? Like you don't get a call up and do you try to hold out because you think something is coming that is a guaranteed major league spot? Like I can definitely understand not wanting to regress. But if you're Yasiel Puig, or I'll mention another one that you're, you just mentioned in a different context, if you're Addison Russell, you got to take a minor league deal if you can get it. 
I mean, yeah, you you have to, you have to. It, it, yeah, I understand the side of devaluing, but every inning you get, every at bat you get, um, that's only going to help you in the long run. Like, how many how many players have we seen that were um, free agents at the start of the season that didn't sign until you know a good portion of the season was over? Craig Kimbrell, for example, who right. did not Dallas perform. Heichel. Yeah, who did not perform even close to what they had been. And and a lot of people pointed fingers at the fact that they waited so long to sign. And, you know, th- that's that's definitely something that in those situations can be looked at, uh, you know, from the team perspective as well as the player perspective. But if you're getting offered a minor league deal and it's going to give you at-bats and it's going to give you, you know, field time and you're going to get playing time and you're going to get experience, with, you know, under a manager in a professional setting, you need to go do it, especially if, there's not a whole lot of people knocking at your door about anything, any other opportunities. Totally. Uh, one more note about the minor leagues while we're on the subject. I just want to say that I'm, I was super thrilled to see that the Cubs are raising minor league salaries. A bunch of teams, um, well, not a bunch of teams. I should not say that. So last year, the Toronto Blue Jays took it upon themselves to just increase their minor league salaries across the board. And it got some pretty good press because minor leaguers don't make nearly enough money. It's actually ridiculous. You know, if all of the minor leaguers that you see playing in these spring training games are not getting paid for spring training, it's considered an audition. So they get like a per diem, but they're literally not being paid for a month of work and they're working hard. So I was really thrilled to see that the Cubs are joining the teams who are increasing minor league salaries. I hope other teams do it. Um, I hope they do it without contracting the minor leagues, which we've talked about on this podcast a bunch, but kudos to the Cubs for being the good guys on one, at least one thing. Yeah. And this brings me to another um, comment that I kind of saw today. Somebody had shared in a couple different places that there is the ability, ability to adopt a minor league player. I don't know if you saw this. I did, um, but like, why? I, I hate that this is necessary. I understand, and I'm completely with you on this, but I'm actually contemplating doing this because right now there are still way too many minor league players that that live in means that are just ridiculous, that are not even, they're not, you know, I, I mean, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but no, it's really, I, I mean. You need, you need to tell people about this program, though, and any minor league player would be absolutely lucky to be adopted by Andy Cruz Vanasek. Let me just tell you right now, you're going to be spoiled. Today. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you. I I think it's, you know, I just know if I ever had the ability to have a dream like that and have the opportunity to maybe have it come true, I would love and all the support and and, and outpouring of love that I've received over the past couple of months. I think that's a good way to pay it forward, kind of. Maybe not. Maybe it isn't, you know, but like I said, you know, to me, it's it's maybe a week of not eating out. And so right. they can have some groceries. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, to me, it, it would be worth it. And I just, it, you hate to see anybody struggle, but I just, it, you know, having such a close eye on baseball for so much of the year, you come to appreciate what these guys go through and we don't even know the half of it. So I, yeah, I kind of thought that was a good idea. I'm, I'm thinking I might do that. It's it's a great idea. And I love that you're considering doing it. I also just, I want us to live in a world where, Regular people don't have to stretch so much to make it so that billionaires don't have to pay people for work. <laughs> Sorry. It's I, like my, this is like my, my pet peeve, but I, I'll, I'll get off that soapbox for a minute. This, <laughs> I, I do love the idea well, of adopting a minor leaguer. And I think that you're such a, you're such a big hearted person. And I love 
that you would do that. That's a great idea. I might consider doing it too. Although I'll have, I mean, I definitely have to look at my finances before I commit to that 100%. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I say that now, but I, I need to go probably pay some bills first. Um, I was going to say, what does Mr. I, Andy think of you? Just like, I'm adopting the minor leagues. <laughs> well, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. And here to shift gears a little bit, I have to share this with you because I have not shared this with him yet and he is going to be so angry. So all of this talk about Comcast and Marquee Network, I have to share some news that I got today. So my family cut the cord a couple of years ago and we are now, we did the PlayStation View thing for a while and that went out of business back in January. So now we are YouTube TV people and we love it. We love it. It is so great. We should have done YouTube TV when it first came out. It's awesome. So today I get an email from YouTube TV that they cannot come to contract agreements with Fox Sports Midwest. No. So Fox Sports Midwest will not be on our YouTube TV. (laughs) No. I am kind of back to square one again with everything. So I, I I get the duty of going out and telling my husband shortly after we finish recording here that we have to figure <laughs> out another way for him to get his Cardinals baseball because Fox Sports Midwest will not be on YouTube TV. Oh, wow. Good luck with that so, one. I, I and, mean, I would yeah, be devastated. Right? Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys... At least there is hope for Marquee and Comcast. This is a this is a matter of Fox Sports Midwest and YouTube TV just said, screw it, I'm not even gonna try it anymore. It's not gonna work, done. Like as of February 29th, which is Saturday, we will no longer have Fox Sports Midwest. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I'm gonna be the worst wife in the world. I kind of feel like maybe I should just like ghost forward this email to him and let him read it so I don't have to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I don't know. Alternatively, you could be like, I've got good news and bad news and just like, sh- like switch over to Hulu Live or something and be like, the good news is we have Hulu Live. Oh my gosh. It's so- Marquee on March 26th. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. Like, I just don't understand why people just, why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> Seriously. I'm totally here for that. Um, Just a couple of little fun notes before we wrap up talking about the Cubs who we've been taking notice of in spring training. Can, can I just like call out the fact that apparently Madison Bumgarner has like a secret rodeo name and like goes around rodeoing as Mason Saunders. Are you serious? 100% serious. That is amazing. Like Google, it's it's a real thing. We'll share it on the, on the cup of cubby blue Twitter, but yeah, it's a real thing. Madison Bumgarner goes out and rodeos under a pseudonym. Okay. So do we know that this is like a fact? Do we have video of him rodeoing? What what do you even call that? Riding horses? I don't don't know. Riding vicious horses? I haven't really delved into this all that much. I I just kind of got hung up on the whole like fake Madison Bumgarner out there. Like I am rodeo guy. (laughs) Okay. Because this is why I ask. Because you know those like silly Facebook posts that some of your friends will share that say, um, here is your cartoon name. And if you're the, the, the month of your birth starts with an A, then you're this. And if the, your middle name starts with a P, then you're this. I, I feel like it might be one of those things. And he just got all excited and made up a name that he really liked. And now he's, he's in the rodeo. <laughs> I, I'm probably wrong. He probably really does rodeo. All I know is, okay, so I'm not going to click on this because I don't want the video to like start on my phone. 
and have that video like playing on the recording. But as I'm on my phone searching Madison Saunders, like the second link is Madison Saunders rodeo video <laughs> or, or Mason Saunders, not Madison. Sorry. Mason Saunders. Mason Saunders. Mason Saunders. Um, oh my goodness. I just, okay. I mean, you know, more power to him if that's what he wants to do. I can't imagine that it's like okay in his contract for him to just go be a rodeo competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no big deal. I mean, like the second craziest sport in the world, go right ahead in the off season. <laughs> right, I'm I sure your shoulders will be fine. <laughs> right. It's like of all look, I get it. Like if you get hurt playing golf or something, like that's a fluke accident and what are you going to do? Like, it just happened. But rodeo, like rodeo can't be something he's allowed to do as a pitcher. Right. Right. I mean, oh my goodness. That's to me that, yeah, that's just asking for trouble and just, (laughs) it's just, yeah, that's ludicrous. I mean, come on, man. It's common sense. I know that it's hard to come by these days, but you got to have a little bit of it. Right. (laughs) I mean, I, there was a video of Wilson on a horse during the off season and I was like, oh my God, what if he falls? I was (laughs) I'm like, I'll, and he like well, yeah, wasn't he just like sitting on a horse? Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't he just like sitting there? <laughs> the slowest horse. Sarah's like, oh god, no, please put bubble wrap on him. Speaking of Wilson Contreras, looks like he doesn't need any spring training. He's just ready to start hitting bombs. Uh, yeah, that he's been, yeah, he's been ridiculous. I'm so excited to watch him this season. Yeah, that first game, he's like, I'm going to hit a home run. I'm going to make a defensive web gem. And then I'm done with my two innings. I was like, okay. Right. So- and then you'll catch you'll catch me walk into the outfield. <laughs> right. So Wilson is ready to go. Javi also looks 100% ready to rock. I've actually been very impressed with Jason Kipnis so far. And like, admittedly, you know, we've got spring training doesn't count for much. But if the Cubs got, you know, whatever is left of Jason Kipnis and he has one more good year in him, that's a good signing. I 100% agree with you on this. And I actually love Jason Kipnis. And I think I have alluded to this a little bit before on a previous podcast that when I heard his interview during the world series in 2016, and he was talking about being a Chicago boy who was a Chicago fan growing up, um, was a Cubs fan growing up. My heart just melted. Like that is to me, I, you love those stories. And for him, like when they first interviewed him, one of the first games, I think one of the first things out of his mouth was I still have to pinch myself to make me believe that this is real. Like to me, he's a professional baseball player and he's been a professional baseball player for years now. And for him to feel that way, because of the uniform he's wearing, like, that's just, that's special. That's really special. And, and that's definitely somebody that you want somebody to, to want to be in your uniform. And you know, that's the case with him. And you know that he's going to do everything in his power to get named to that big league roster. And I really hope he's got something left in the tank and he can give us a good season because I would love nothing more than to see get some good innings out of him in the big leagues. And you know, it's such a feel good story. And I, I just, I love him. I may even get a Jersey of his if he makes a big league roster, just because, I mean, you know, who knows what he's got left and he may, it may be like a storybook ending for him. He may finish out his career with the Cubs. Who knows? You know, I mean, that's he's, just, that's a good day for everyone. You know, he's not quite Nicholas Castellanos, but something magical happens with those blue pinstripes. So maybe Jason Kipnis is about to go on a little bit of a run here. And that would be, I agree. That would be outstanding. I mean, the one downside to that would mean 
it would keep Nico in the minors for a while because he wouldn't be comp- you wouldn't want him competing for at bats. Um, you know, you want him playing all the time so that he can develop and really get his skill set together. But I, I agree, Jason Kipnis has been kind of a revelation. I'm excited he's here and he looks great. So um, well, and here's my other thought on that, though, too, is I saw Nico today and yesterday getting some time at shortstop. So maybe they still keep him on the big league roster as a backup for Javi. But yeah, like you said, you definitely want him getting at bats and you would take that away from him if you kept him at the big leagues as backup for two positions. So, I mean, who knows? They'll play with it and figure it out. But yeah, I would really like to just I would like everybody on the big league roster. <laughs> I want okay. Kipnis. I want Horner. I want... <laughs> Well, they do have all. one extra spot this year, so we'll see who gets that 26-man spot. Andy and I will be watching for that all of spring training. We'll be looking to see how Nico Horner, Jason Kipnis, Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez, and all of your Cubs favorites are doing all through the spring. We'll be back next week with another episode of Cup of Cubby Blue. But until then, you can find us on Twitter. I'm BCB underscore Sarah, and she is BRYZ underscore Blue. Have a good one. Welcome back, Cubs. Bye.